Hello and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. Oh, we are here with another treasure and another treat, and I am so excited to share with you my guest today. Today, my guest is David Tompkins. David is the president and CEO of Praise Ministries International. Uh, He provides practical teaching and leadership and training and encouragement to senior pastors and to the body of Christ at large. He also uh, is a worshiper and has led worship and traveled around the world sharing the gospel uh, with just hundreds and thousands of people across the planet. Um, he is an instructor in, in a Bible Institute. So we'll talk about all of that stuff. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. So Thank you very much. Good I'm just so happy that you said yes. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> I'm I mean, so... Yeah, it's just one of those deals where you you know, you, you're thankful for the opportunity, but it's not something you think you'd do all the time. <laughs> well, but you might. Who I don't knows? know. Yeah, God called us to preach and, <laughs> and talk, right? Yeah. <laughs> we talk. Yeah. So. Well, I am super happy to have you joining me. Um, I, I love your history of sharing the gospel. You've done that in, um, across in other countries, but you've done it also in a, as a pastor of churches. Um, You've led worship for events and churches and all kinds of things like that. So what has been the best um, opportunity that you've had in ministry, do you think? Uh, some of the most memorable times was leading worship. Mm-hmm. So I led worship at the church we pastored at uh, nearly 10 years. I, I think the last year or so I turned it over to my younger son, which is also a musician and singer, and he started leading it just so I could free myself up to be able to do the ministry and stuff. But really loved leading worship. And just, you know, it wasn't about the leading of the music or the singing of the song. It was more about leading people into the presence of the Lord. And I love the presence of the Lord. I could I can live there if, you know, if, if I could. So yeah. um, I just love that part of it. But I also love, you know, getting to lead people to Jesus. I mean, that's been my one of our number one things that we do uh, wherever we go, whether it's here in the U.S. or, or abroad. You know, we I love being able to lead people to Jesus and then, you know, try to follow up with discipleship with them. Love it. That's awesome. Um, So can we talk about the church now? I mean, you've been you've been a part of the church's leadership for lots of years. Um, I, I perceive and maybe you can maybe disagree or maybe agree that the church is kind of in a transitional phase right now in that in not necessarily in the principles of church, those will always be the same. Uh, Jesus will always be our savior, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, But just in the way we approach church, I, I, am concerned or I have seen uh, people leaving the the structured church, for lack of a better way to call that. And what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that's a, that's a good thing? Do you think that that's a, that's a problem? Like, how would you, how do you approach that as a pastor? Man, we're really being challenged right now. All, all spiritual leadership is being challenged because you're right. I mean, going through the pandemic of 2020, a lot of people left the building and and you know we were we were told to that to be safe right and you know a pastor was concerned about that as well we didn't like it but we had to be concerned about the safety of people as well so we had to support some of that you know to the best we could and man now you got so many people that have not come back to church they're watching online and stuff and 
we're really having to rethink the way we do ministry. And it's been a serious challenge. I I don't like all of it. I don't I love the opportunity that we can do online outreach and and reach people through online encouragement and spiritual support and things like that. But I just believe that some of what we're facing right now is detrimental to the fellowship and the the touch. Right. You know, there's something about the touch mm-hmm. uh, of people touching people and ministry, you know, the touch of ministry and stuff. And, man, if, if we have to revert to doing things through Zoom and online and you're you're going to miss out on some of that and that's extremely important to do ministry. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. And I think and, and let's let's take it as, let's take it a level deeper than that. Yeah. In that um <clears throat> I've talked I've I've seen a lot kind of in social media and stuff about people who are talking about coming out now and talking about their church hurts and how the church is, has had uh, you know we either we've we've been unkind or we've been um uh, unaccepting and um, how would how would you address those kind of people? Uh, well, I, are they're probably basing that. I mean, my thought goes to that they're probably basing that on whether or not we're acceptant of the culture in our world today. Uh, I mean, I accept people because I believe they're the creation of God, and we want to love everybody, but I don't condone sin. I don't condone things that that are actions out of sin. And and I think people just want everybody to accept everybody the way they are. And and we do accept people, but we can't, you know, we, we have to be cautious about um, being a voice to condone uh, lifestyle that is developed out of a, a drifting culture. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to be really, really cautious with that. I, I don't know if that's answering your question, but that's where my my spirit and brain went to when you asked that. Is we, You know, people are just angry because we don't accept every little thing that comes along and condone it, you know, put a stamp of approval on it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think we as spiritual leaders... You know, we're taught by the Word of God. We study the Word of God so that we can rightly divide the Word of God. And that doesn't teach us to condone or accept, uh, you know, sinful ways and culture. It teaches us to accept people where they are and to lead them into transformation and life change. I agree so much. Um, and and I'm super glad with, I'm so happy the way you put that. I think it makes so much sense. And I think, because I think a lot of people are right. If we don't accept culture, which is in the process of destroying the family God designed, we, we're we in trouble, yeah. you know. And um, so can you just kind of speak to that idea of supporting the nuclear family, the God, the what I call the biblical family, um, as as we move forward in a culture that says, you know, that's not okay. Well, I believe today that that's one of the biggest challenges we're seeing is the breakdown of the family. Mm-hmm. And it's and it didn't just start this year, last year. It's been coming on, um, you know, social media, uh, the things that are made readily available to uh, us and our children that, uh, seem to be distractions. Now, at first, we we thought, man, that's really cool. Right. But now they're becoming distractions to the family that literally seems to be pulling family apart 
And I mean, God instituted the family. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first things he did in his creation was to institute family. And we have to protect that. We have to guard that. And I think our families are under attack right now spiritually. I think our families are under attack culturally. Um, you know, we have to do whatever we can to try to pull them back together. I'm not real sure what that looks like. I'm doing a, I mean, we're doing our best to try to keep our family mm-hmm. pulled together. We've been through a lot over the years with our sons and, you know, our uh, just our family and mm-hmm. our children. We've got grandchildren now, so uh, it's been a challenge. It has been a challenge, but but I believe that it's one of the most important things that we need to guard. I do too, and I think and I think the modeling that inside the church with spiritual family, mm-hmm. with sons and daughters, with who have mothers and fathers, and um, and I think uh, that is a that's an area in the church. How do you promote that concept of spiritual family of son, of mothers and fathers who are raising sons and daughters in an environment where we see so many fatherless households, um, so many people don't have grandparents. Um, those kinds of things. How do you model that inside of a church? You know, that's a good question um, because we've actually been working with other ministers about that recently. Uh, you know, we've, we've been trying to do it for a long time, but uh, unfortunately it seemed to take off the wrong direction and now maybe it's being pulled back. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, apostolic ministry and things like that, and that's what that represents is you know father you know paul to timothy's right uh you know the the mother to a daughter and the and the training and the uh influence of those things and that's really what the apostolic ministry is trying to do although it seemed like it took off in the wrong direction and created some kind of hierarchy Mm -hmm. everybody wanted to be known as being the top dog or whatever and so we're trying to pull that back now but uh, man it's important that we could we get the elders, the ones that have the experience and know how to pray, uh, know how to be an influence, they're walking in the fruits of the Spirit, that they will give some time, sacrifice some of their time, and, and handpick you know, some young people that they can pour into. Mm-hmm. In my office right now on my desk, I have two notepads, sticky notepads, one of them are people that have empowered me that I look up to and allow to prophetically even speak into my life. But then there's another sticky notepad where I have a list of men that I consider to be a spiritual father to them. Mm-hmm. And I pour into them. And, you know, I'm just constantly looking at that list and we'll pull up a text or call or whatever just to try to be an encouragement and uh, an influence to them as a spiritual dad. And uh, I just believe that's so important that we as the church body will do that. Uh, you know, yeah. It's, it's an interesting journey. The pendulum swings, you know. Oh, and, um, and I think part of, uh, and I think we have a lot of amazing pastors around the planet. But I think a lot of them are on islands. And um, <clears throat> it's, it's one, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. So you can say, Melissa, I don't agree with you and I'm okay with that. Uh, but it's one of the things that, for some, for on some levels, denominational churches did really well, you know, because they kind of passed the torch down the line. Yeah. Um, 
and and that was sort of normal but then we had the rise of the non-denominational churches who were kind of individual churches without a you know a collective body and they didn't really have that uh, and 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 I think on some levels that's amazing because it's pulled in a bunch of people that maybe would have never gone to church before and never entertained that idea. But it's also created its own set of problems in that we have some islands out there that need to connect to either to another string of islands or they need to, you know, some... What are, what are yeah. your thoughts about that? Well, when you, when you say we've got ministers on islands like that, like pastors on islands and people and stuff like that, you know, it just makes me wonder if if people have done that um, and secluded themselves just to protect themselves. I mean, there's so much hurt in the world today, and especially against pastors and their mm-hmm. families. You know, I know people don't mean what, you know, they don't, they don't mean it uh, to be malicious, but so many people put spiritual leaders on pedestals, and it's because, you know, they're, they become examples. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly being judged. And that can be a very hurtful thing. And I think that sometimes pastors and spiritual leaders find themselves on islands just because they're trying to protect themselves from some of that hurt. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that maybe how they got there. But, man, they can't stay there. For sure. You know, ministry leaders can't stay there. What good are we? Right. What good are we if we're isolated over here? Because God didn't call us to isolate. Yeah. God called us to lead. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I, one of my kind of mantras is that relationship is the currency of the kingdom. You know, we are created yeah. by a relational God to be in relationship with him and with people. And um, and I think it is sometimes you, you do want to protect yourself. And so you, you kind of put barriers up to keep people from getting too close to you. But you end up isolating yourself around, uh, from the very thing that's going to give you life. That's true. And, and I think that's really cute. So if you were just speaking to the public at large and you, you know, the church body, not, not leadership, just the, the church body, okay. what would, how would you suggest to them or what recommendations can you give to them to support the leadership of their church in a way that's healthy and that protect and 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 in some ways they be, the church body can become the def, the line of defense for the pastor man i think there is such a need right now for the church body to understand the power of respect and honor Oh, preach. Just go with your sermon can on I, that can one, Can I David. just go with just, that? Anybody got a Bible? Let me pull out my Bible here. Let's go down that I, road. We, we, we need to learn. The, the church body, the church body needs to learn respect and honor. And I just don't think it's been taught well over the years. And, I, you know, we, I've been a Christian now for, uh, gosh, 35, 36 years, I think, and uh, in and, and ministry for most of that. But... We just haven't done a really good job at teaching our people in our churches to honor and respect leadership and um, and to recognize the gift. I mean, according to the Word of God in Ephesians, you know, spiritual leaderships are gift. You know, the, our pastors and, and other ministers in the church are gifted to the church, and we've got to recognize that gift and honor that gift and respect that gift. And when they're talking... Listen, we we don't need friends from our spiritual leaders. We need them to be spiritual leaders. We need pastors. We right. need mentors. And if we will respect and honor them in that way, we'll draw from the anointing in them that way. 
You know, so many people just want to be friends with their pastors. You know, I just want to be able to call him up and be a friend with him. That's not necessarily wrong, but we need to take that so much deeper and respect them and honor them to draw the anointing from their gift. And I, I just think that's something that we've missed over the years that we really need to get back to. That is so good. And I'm So anxious. much appreciation. Yeah. I am so uh, with you in that place. I, we have, and, and, and as, a, as a parent who's raised, has adult children and now grandchildren as well, you know, it's like somewhere there was a disconnect in that generational transfer where when I grew up, everybody was, it was yes, sir, yes, ma'am, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. You never called an adult by their first name. That was, that was just, you know, blasphemous almost, you know, in my house, that would have got you in trouble, you know, and, and we learned that position of honor. And somehow in my generation to the generation of my children and my grandchildren, that's been lost on a lot of levels. And I don't, and I feel, I, I feel some responsibility for that. Yeah. Like, I think people, some people think I'm legalistic just because, you know, my pastor is Pastor John Chastain. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our home church is Victory, and we attend the Edmond campus. But, you know, I always refer to him as Pastor John Chastain. I refer to one of our best friends, Pastor Dale Swanson. Mm-hmm. You know, because I recognize their the gift and the office that they hold. And I think some people just think I'm a little legalistic from doing that. But it doesn't come out of being legalistic. It comes out of honor and respect. Yeah. You know, Swanson laughs at me. Dale Swanson <laughs>, laughs at me when I call him pastor. But yet, I want him to understand I'm crossing the line. I want to. I want to draw the line mm-hmm. from friendship to honor and respect to the the office and the gift. I think that's really true. And and just for the listeners who might not know, Pastor John is young enough. I don't know. He is. He's he's a lot younger than you, but he's I don't know if he's younger. young enough. He's young enough to be my child. I don't know. Almost. I don't know if he's young enough to be your child. Almost. But um, and and it's and it's not about age. No. It's it's about position. It's about calling. Yep. It's about anointing. Yes. And and I think that that's super important. So we don't get hung up on that. We only refer to pastors that are older than us as pastors or whatever. And I think one of the things you said really, really resonated in my heart, and that was this idea of pulling on the anointing mm-hmm. in them. Like, I can't receive something I don't honor. Yeah. And talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I just read this morning in Proverbs 3. I mean, the, the Bible tells us to honor the Lord with our our generosity, our, you know, our, uh, to, to give what we give and things like that. And like you said, you, you can't, you can't have what you don't honor. You can't draw from what you don't honor. And, you know, if, if, if you want to draw from the gifts of the church and the church body and the church offices and the anointing on the house, you've got to honor the house. Yeah. That's why we tithe. That's why we give in offerings. That's why we support. Uh, that's why we serve in whatever area and capacity we do because we want to draw from what we're sowing into. We want to reap back from that. And that's what honor is. Yeah. You honor your pastor, you're going to draw from his anointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, and I think sometimes that over-familiarity that you were talking about, like being their best friend, uh-huh. it is the elimination. Because as soon as you move into that place of over-connectedness, and then, then Satan is so happy to show us all their flaws. 
And I, I believe whatever you focus on grows, and pretty soon he'll be showing you everything they do wrong. Because no pastor's perfect. No. They all make mistakes. They all have issues just like <laughs> you have issues, right? Like we all have issues. And, and I think you're right. I think that from over-familiarity, it can be a detriment, especially for younger believers. We have to guard ourselves from going there, too. Yeah. Because it, it is easy to get there if you begin to develop these relationships with spiritual leaders you have to guard yourself from being able to, you know, get into that place of overfamiliarity where you forget to honor them yeah. for who they are. And church body, I mean, that that's really important for the church body. That is. Wow. Powerful, powerful topics. I'm so, I, I, I'm just, <laughs> I just want to sit and marinate in all of this oh, for a little good. bit. Because I think it's so, it, the topics that we talked about today are so important. And they're, they're important no matter what level of, uh, you are in the body of Christ. You know, if you're a new believer, if you're just coming in to check it all out, if you've been in ministry and you've led congregations or whatever, these topics are still relevant to you regardless of your station or your calling or your gifting. And and so thanks so much for sharing those. Thanks. Oh my gosh, how powerful was that? So um, enjoyed it. I am super glad that you decided to come and hang out with me. This is like I'm almost, I'm just like I, I could talk for days and hours and weeks and so but we do have to tie this up because we another we, podcast yeah that? we may we totally I'd love to do that we'll turn it into a series I guess yeah absolutely I, I, have, I have a dozen other questions I could just let you expound on we could do this for weeks uh, but anyway so we'll try to tie bring it in and tie it up this morning um, again thanks for hanging out with me I want to do my rapid fire questions it's one of my favorite all right. parts all, all right. right let's go all right so um, um Okay. <laughs> if you were a motorcycle, what kind of motorcycle would you be? Harley Davidson. Yeah, I ride a Harley. So yeah, yeah. We, you know what? We everything about them we love. We love the sound. My dad was a Harley rider. Shonda's uh-huh. dad was a Harley rider. I'm a Harley rider now. So Harley Davidson. That's yeah. that is awesome. Uh, favorite kind of ice cream? Oh man, that's such a hard one. Uh, the the. The ice cream that's cold and mixed just right. <laughs> uh, uh, man, I'm just going to go around with all-around vanilla, I oh. guess. I, but I love nearly all flavors. Very few I don't, but let's just call vanilla. Okay. Yeah. okay. If we, we're going to stay on the food uh, okay. train here for just oh, a second. But if, if, if uh, God looked at Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, I need a candy bar, what would Jesus bring him? Uh, Snickers almond. Yes, yeah. yes, he would. I love those Snickers almond bar. I do. Yeah. Yeah, he They're would. Just awesome. He would. They're godly. They're spiritual. Listen, it's I call it the God candy. It's God's candy. It's just what he he doesn't need to say. Jesus, could you get me a Snickers or Snickers almond? Yeah, he just says, I need candy bar and Jesus. You know Snickers, Snickers commercial where you know you're you're being somebody you shouldn't be, and then they give you a Snickers. That's spiritual. That is, right? yeah. Snickers Transformation pulls you, pulls right you back there. to your identity. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is that is super amazing. Uh, who's teaching you the most Who? about Who's teaching you the most about God right now? Uh, man, who's pouring into me the most about God? Um, Man, I I go to a lot of resources um, to pull from, but I would say my pastor, I guess, Pastor John. You know, I I, we, I listen to a lot of different sources, but uh, you know, he's our pastor, and and we're there. That's you know, we're awesome. in that. We That's were, super yeah. awesome. 
Um, <clears throat> gosh, you just, you just, I'm still marinating on all of our other things. Yeah. What's the best thing about being grandpa? What do your grand, what do your grandkids call you? And what's the best thing about being that? I am Pawpaw. Uh-huh. Sometimes I have a, you know, the nickname for my grandson, Hunter, the only grandson I have. And one time he just came up to me and went, Poppy. <laughs> and so that's kind of stuck a little bit. So Poppy, Pawpaw and Poppy. But, uh, I mean, I absolutely love them. You know, I don't know. There's something about being with them that causes me to release everything that I'm apprehensible about, that I protect myself from. I'm, I'm introvert by nature, uh -huh. so I'm not real outgoing, but I could be in the mall with my grandkids and I forget about protecting myself or being an introvert. And if we're playing, I'm going to be playing with them, and I don't care who's watching. That's awesome. And I love that about them. They pull that out of me, something that's not natural. You know, they pull out of me something that doesn't is come natural to me. What's your favorite thing about being married? Oh, man. Um, my wife is absolutely phenomenal. And she was phenomenal before we were married. She has taken care of me. Um, just the relationship. I mean, we we have been married for 36 years this year. In September, it'll be 36 years. And every year has gotten better and better and better. And she's gotten better and better. She's like, she, she gets better with age. It's like a vintage wine or something. I mean, it's, it's just, just being with her, spending every day with her. We're hooked at the hip. Mm -hmm. We really are. And I love that about it. That's awesome. We're in love. It's great. Marriage yep. is great when you do it God's way, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, so it's time for that final question that I ask every po mm -hmm. every person that comes on my podcast, and that's this. If you could say one thing and one thing only to make Jesus famous, what would you say? To make him famous. He forgives sins and heals hurts. I mean, doesn't everybody want that? Yes. You know, I mean, everybody. Everybody wants to know that they can be relieved of that guilt and shame and be forgiven of their sins, and any hurt that they've ever experienced in their entire life can be healed. I think that should do it. I think that will do it. That is the perfect place to put a period. What a, what a treasure, what a treat it's been to have you on the show today, David. I'm so grateful that you said yes and uh, and I just know that everybody that's listening to this podcast is going to be impacted in such a powerful way. Yes, you do exactly what he said and draw that, draw on the anointing in him because it is powerful and it is strong. And I'm so grateful that he was willing to share it with us. And so um, if you want to get in touch with David, if you want to find out more about Praise Ministries International, uh, how to contact him, how to connect with him, maybe have him come speak at your organization or church, all of his information will be in the show notes. So take advantage of that. And this is that time when I ask for my three favors. And would you do uh, just three little things for me? First, would you uh, hit that subscribe button? Maybe you have, maybe you just seen the podcast for the first time or listen to the podcast for the first time and um, you need to hit subscribe so that all of the podcast episodes are in your feed and maybe 
uh, you've never heard them before and you just really like them so I hope you do the second thing that I'd like to ask you to do for me is would you just take a second and give us a five-star ratings on iTunes that really helps our podcast bubble to the top and finally remember that sharing is caring so would you share 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 my podcast with your friends everybody in the planet needs to meet David Tompkins so thank you for joining me and remember until we meet again he doesn't waste a thing